Chapter twenty five of From Mud to Mufti by Bruce Barron's Father. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty five Supplying Copy A Crowded Existence Ordered to Italy. All through these wanderings and adventures, I was always at work on my weekly contributions to the bystander. I worked in any old place that I could find, and by means of a compact portable set of implements and paints, spread myself out into an artist in a studio. From the day I began to the present time, I have never missed getting a drawing back somehow or other to the bystander offices in time for the weekly publication. Once or twice I got men going on leave to England to take a parcel and post it in London, and once, when I drew a picture in my cabin somewhere off Newfoundland, I got the Turkish bath attendant on the ship to post it on his return to Liverpool. So you see, what with my own precarious existence followed by the equally precarious posting and delivery, those weekly cartoons have seen a bit of life before they emerged in the paper. Having returned from this French visit, I started out full steam ahead to work out my finished pictures, and in due course they were completed. I have a sort of idea that a lot of people imagine that this job of mine is a delightful, easy, and simple occupation. This sort of thing. Fancy! How topping it must be to be a cartoonist! Nothing to do but draw pictures, no fighting, only going on visits to the fronts and making jokes. Isn't he a lucky chap? In case I am right, and this idea undoubtedly does prevail, I will tell you the real story. First of all, it would have been wholly and completely impossible for me to have made one joke or drawn one line on the subject had I not originally been burnt in the fire of the war and badly burnt, too. My life in the original mud and the consequent strafing pain and anguish were the foundations of my war drawings. If I had started life in any other capacity than the infantry, these drawings would have been impossible. No amount of looking at the war is any good. You must have been in it with a darn good chance of never leaving it. I believe this to be the one and only reason for the popularity of my war drawings. Following this initial necessity comes the actual work. Few can realize how much and how hard it is, and nobody except myself and a very intimate few will ever know what I have been through. Work of this class has to be in your system all the time. You don't leave an office at six o'clock, as it were, and then forget all about your work till nine o'clock the next morning. For over three years now I have done on average three or four drawings a week, out of which possibly two have been what I thought suitable to use. Added to this I have been deluged with letters and autograph albums from all parts of the world. These cannot be ignored, and I have always done my best to get all such applications attended to in some way or other. Each drawing takes me about two days to complete. In the spare time resulting on all this, I've worked on another book, Bullets and Billets, a forerunner of this volume. I've written a play entitled The Better Ole, also one or two short theatrical sketches. Add to all this innumerable drawings for charities of all kinds, and you will observe that I have had rather a crowded existence. And by the time it is realized that the material for all these activities has been collected by personal visits to the war zones on all the fronts, with the consequent fatiguing journeys and hard fare, you will see that to be Bruce Barron's father has been an intricate and arduous job. But I am lucky, though. I fully appreciate that. Here I am at the end of the war with a complete set of component parts. Two legs, two arms, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. How many of my pals have been less fortunate? 
After a short session of work in England, I was told by the War Office that I was shortly to go to the Italian front. I was most elated at this, as I was longing to see Italy in the war there. The accounts of the fighting on the Carso and in the mountains seemed to be so full of interest compared with the mud scrambles in France. Italy, with its warm sun and bright days. I felt things couldn't be quite so bad there as elsewhere, and that the grandeur of the scenery would outweigh a lot of the nasty parts which are inseparable from visits to war zones. I was keen on the Italian job, and presently the day arrived when I was to start. I went to the war office and was told a lot of things that I must observe and details in connection with my journey. I got my passport and papers and went back to my hotel. Here I overhauled my props, and having procured various articles I wanted for my work, I left Charing Cross on my way to Italy. Same old Folkestone and Boulogne journey, with Paris to follow. I arrived at the Gare du Nord, Paris, and dragged myself and baggage into the same old hotel. I always make for railway hotels as they are generally more up in the trains, and in my case are easier to do things from. The next morning I drove off in a taxi for the Gare de Lyon, there to catch a train for the frontier on my way to Italy. End of chapter 25 Recording by Philip Gould